Swamiji, the scriptures of India talk about the dream nature of this world. Can you talk about that? Well, everything is consciousness. And God, in creating these vibrations, he did it as consciousness. It's a cosmic conscious vibration. And we are a part of that consciousness. Our job is to unite our consciousness with the infinite consciousness. And the practical way to do that is, first of all, not do anything that will deaden our consciousness. And that means too much involvement with the senses, too much involvement with drugs and alcohol, too much addiction to anger and harmful emotions like that. The mind that is calm can absorb more, can receive more. Jesus said, as many as received him, to them gave me the power to become the sons of God. There are two truths here. One is the importance of the guru and receiving his consciousness. The other is the importance of receptivity itself. We have to be receptive to that infinite consciousness. And the more open we are to it, the more we come to understand that this whole world, the rocks even are conscious. This was something that J.C. Bourge in the early, early 20th century discovered that there's conscious, there's ability to respond even in the rocks. Mm. Metals get tired if they're not, if they're used too much. Mm. Give them a break. Mm. And uh, Yogananda said he could remember back to when he was a diamond. There is consciousness and the interesting thing is, as he put it in autobiography of a yogi, every atom is dowered with individuality. That is, he used to say, your consciousness from the beginning, your consciousness is an individualized spirit and it will never lose that individuality. Even when you become one with God, you will still have the memory of that and the having been in that particularized form of the infinite. And that will constitute a certain separation of memory. But that memory, that consciousness, as God, you can say therefore that God dreamed this universe and he dreamed the the weather, he dreamed the rocks, he dreamed the, uh, he, dreamed, he dreamed everything. It's all a vibration of consciousness. And in fact, in the 20th century, they discovered that matter is not solid. It's really a vibration of energy. Mm-hmm. And energy is really a vibration of thoughts. And thoughts are a vibration of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So God, in that way, produced his dream, which you and I see. There was a very interesting story from the life of Yogananda. This sort of miracle he would not reveal, is not revealed to people unless they're very highly developed spiritually. But one of his disciples, Mr. Oliver Black, Yogacharya Black, he was visiting Yogananda. He was very highly developed. He was visiting Yogananda in Encinitas many years ago. And uh, he had a guest room right not too far from the front door. And he got word that Yogananda wanted to go for a drive with him. And he thought, my God, in this weather, he looked out the window. It was driving rain, soaking everything. He thought, we'll never be able to look out the window of the car to enjoy the scenery. Mm -hmm. He thought, well, if he says, I'll come. So he went out of his door. It was still driving rain. Went to the front door, which was just feet away. Went outside. The sky was blue. (laughs) There was no rain. 
He looked at the ground, it was dry, the car was dry. Yogananda looked at him with a smile. He said, for you, Oliver. But Yogananda changed the dream in a way that is beyond my understanding. But it's all a dream anyway, so why couldn't he change it? So, Swamiji, we all dream in the nighttime. Is this a sort of reflection? Your, yes. Your, we are dreams within the dreams. Our dreams are dreams within the dreams. I remember one dream I had many years ago because my desire had been to be, be a playwright, so my mind is sort of naturally goes in that way. And uh, there was one character in the dream that I thought, I decided he wasn't helping the plump. So I went back to where he'd come in and took him out of it and went on without him. <laughs> but really, our dreams are subplots, plots within plots. Do highly developed souls, are they able to consciously work with their dreams? Can they make their dreams conscious? What, I didn't hear your first question. First part of that question. People who are highly developed, can they control their dreams and make them well, conscious? Well, I don't know if it's high development that I could control that. But uh, there are superconscious dreams and subconscious. Subconscious dreams are rarely true dreams. They're sort of a hodgepodge replay of what you've been going through. Worries come out in symbolic form, and uh, the party that you go to may have nothing to do with what you experience in that day, but it'll have elements of it. They're confusing hodgepodge. Don't look for meaning in those things. You may be able to get some sort of psychological understanding of yourself better. But true dreams come from the superconscious. Those are often warning dreams. And uh, whether you're able to change that dream or not is, is uh, secondary then. In fact, the superconscious dream you cannot dream. You cannot change. It comes from that higher level. And it's a warning to tell you don't go this way or this is possible for you. You may see angels in that dream. You may, and this has happened to me twice in dreams, where when my father died, I knew he had died that very morning because in my sleep I felt his consciousness. Mm. It was just the consciousness that he had when he was a, a young man, mm. when I knew him as a child. And a cousin of mine I also encountered in my dreams, and I'm convinced it was a true dream. Relatives come to us often in dreams. So those are, in a way, superconscious. How would so, we know uh, what's true or what's not true, then? There's a certain ring of truth to it. Are the colors brighter? or? I think probably so, yes. What if a saint comes to us in a dream, or some Christ or some someone that we would... Well, you feel very uplifted. But but it, does it automatically mean that whatever they say is true or...? Yes, if it's... Well, I mean, you maybe have a false dream about a saint. Mm -hmm. That's different. But if they come in superconscious, what they say will be true. Mm -hmm. And they, as I said, it could be a warning dream. It can be a command dream, do this, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But generally, we shouldn't put too much stock in... Don't put stock in your dreams. It's mostly just a hodgepodge. It's very kind of God to give us a respite of sleep yes. every night. Yes. <laughs> but does a master sleep? Did Yoganandaji sleep? You know, he doesn't really. One time, his first disciple in America, first Kriya Yoga disciple in America, was Dr. Lewis. And they were young men of the same age. 
So Dr. Lewis used to tease him sometimes. And one time he saw him lying in bed, and uh, he thought, well, he'd tease him. So he tied his string to his big toe and went to tie it to the door so that when the door opened, it would pull on the big toe. <laughs> and just as he started to touch the knob of the door, Yogananda stopped snoring enough to say, uh-huh. <laughs> but he didn't sleep the way you and I sleep. He rested in superconsciousness. So his requirement for sleep then wouldn't be the same or at all? What it a... would be a wish to get out of this mess of a world for a while <laughs> and check in with the boss. <laughs> <laughs> Swamiji, I've often wondered about the best way to pray. Can you talk about prayer a little bit? Well, most people pray for themselves or for their loved ones. Begging prayers. Even if you ask for help, you should ask it in the right way. Yogananda said you should pray demanding of God. You have a right as his child to be given what you uh, need. Not what you want, but what you need. So the best prayer in that sense is, God, give me what is for my best. Give me this if you want this. Give me this if it's right for me, but not otherwise. And you will find that through that kind of prayer, the best prayer of all is give me thyself that I may give thee to all. And that kind of generous prayer to be put in tune enough with God to share his bliss with other people, that's the most beautiful of all. What about praying for another person, for healing, for example? For another person, that is right and this is good. You can do that. I myself make it a practice never to pray for myself. I, want, I remember one time, it was a Sunday morning, I was supposed to be giving the service at 11 at our retreat facility at Ananda. And uh, at about 9 o'clock in the morning, I suddenly got a kidney stone attack. Mm. And that is the most painful thing you could experience. Women who have had childbirth say this is much worse. Mm if they've had both. And uh, I was shaking like a leaf. People wanted me to take me in a car to the local hospital. I couldn't dream of getting in that car and driving down those windy roads. I was in such pain I couldn't speak. And uh, I didn't want to pray for help, and so I just endured it. But when I looked at my watch and I saw it said a quarter to 11, I realized I could not give that service in that shape. And so I said, Divine Mother, if you want me to give this service, this is how I prayed, if you want me to give this service, you're going to have to take this pain away. And just like that, mm. it went away. Mm. As long as it takes you to breathe, take a breath inward, that pain was gone. Mm. The joke of it was that I was in so much joy. It, repla it was replaced by such intense joy that I could hardly speak anyway. Mm. The thing is that the spiritual path is not a dry path. Puritans, to the Puritan, everything is impure. <laughs> <laughs> to this true devotee, God is bliss, and you feel his bliss in everything. We should always try to pray for God above all, for his bliss, and to share his bliss with other people, and to try to see underneath all the hardships of life like one period in my life when I felt that 
God had completely abandoned me, but my years of meditation had brought me that kind of joy which never left me. And I had to give a couple of lectures. Both times people said what they felt more than anything else from my lecture was joy. And I thought, joy? I didn't, yet I realized that under the sand of all those suffering and deprivation of everything that I had believed in and wanted and uh, was dedicated to, under all that there was still that joy. It hadn't left me. This is what the spiritual path is all about. Seek God for bliss and you will discover Satchitananda, ever existing, ever conscious, ever new bliss. God's bliss is ever new. I think that's one reason why he creates his universe from time to time, the days and the nights of Brahma, because it's the nature of bliss to want to express itself.